Hey everybody, Summer Terry here, and on this episode of May the Horse Be With You, I want to take things way back to the 90s, and we are going to talk about the evolution of laser therapy, kind of from where I got my start and where I started learning, all, all the way up to the equipment that we use in the barn every day now. So we're, we're going to take this story way back to the early 90s, mid-90s. Um, and, and most people don't realize, like, I got started really, really young on the alternative therapy stuff. Like, I, I was basically raised on it, for lack of a better word. Um, I didn't do a lot of youth rodeos growing up. I, well, I take that back. Like, I think you could do, like, one high school rodeo and enter it to see if you liked it or whatnot before you actually had to do the whole membership thing. And because my grandma rode too, we ended up doing more of like the MBHAs and divisional type of barrel races because she got to run also. And of course my grandpa was a team roper, so he was kind of going a whole different direction. Um, he did a lot of the booger barter ropings, um, that type of thing that, eventually, uh, I believe U.S. ropings were around back then. I can't, can't really remember, but anyway, so he was going one direction and we were usually going another. So if I would have grown up youth rodeoing, we wouldn't have been able to do, go and do things as a family. So I'm really, really thankful for that. But anyway, where, where the story is going to start from a therapy perspective is I want to kind of go through a little bit of my background of what led me up to doing laser treatments with horses. And then, you know, from the laser, we've integrated into the PEMF therapy and the stuff that we're using all the time in the barn. Because it never fails. Every time we have some sort of a class or we're educating people, there's always that person that <laughs> the first thing they do is pick up the light of our laser and shine it right in their eyes and go, this thing doesn't work because it's not making any light. Like, I can't see it. It's not on. Okay, first... <laughs> First off, take, take, please take the laser out of your eyeballs because we're not trying to do any, like, you know, down-home backwoods LASIK in our barn. But where that misconception comes from and what we end up teaching these people is most of them are familiar with lights you can see. So what type of laser can you see? LEDs. And that's actually what we started with. We had, there was a company called Painex, and they made several different types of devices and I believe the one we had was like a Painex 2000 and they had the colored LED lights and LED therapy is really really good um, it's a great starting point the biggest difference between your LED and like a true light laser which is actually what we use now is your depth of penetration so um, actually when I first got my massage license and I worked in a couple of physical therapy clinics they used another company is Revitamed, and I believe Revitamed made, made equipment for both horses and people. And so, I um, actually, going into PT, I could almost tell the people in the clinic more about their equipment than they did because I had been using that equipment since I was six and seven years old. And to me, by the time I got to that clinic, I'm thinking, wow, this stuff is backdated. Why do y'all not have anything more updated? This is what you need to be buying. And so, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate to learn a lot young. Um, like I said, we started with the Painex, and actually how we got accustomed to that was I had a 
extremely treacherous fall one year at Abilene, Texas with the horse that I won so much on as a kid. And, you know, there, long story short, he, he took a terrible, terrible fall going into the first barrel. And I didn't hang in the stirrup. I actually shot off of him like a bottle rocket. But it was enough that it caused some a, a severe, severe strain with some possible tears in my ankle. And somebody brought us one of these Panix lasers. And they said, you know, use this on her foot. It'll help get the swelling down, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we really thought it helped. So that led us into making that purchase. So that was kind of our introduction into it. Um, also in that fall, my horse was injured as well. Um, that would years later end up being a career ending injury with him. Uh, when he fell and hit, he actually, his scapula came up far enough that it caused him later on to have spurs in his withers and to the point where similar to a person, you're, if you have um, like a spur on your spine, it touches a nerve and your hand goes numb. Later on in life, this horse would actually literally lose the use of a leg, um, a front leg, and it was typically the right front. And we could give him a shot of Dex, get him to the vet, get him injected. And, but, you know, as, as things got, went on, it was just like, you know, what if this happens during a run? Like he, he's no longer safe to ride. But through what we learned using laser therapy and magnetic therapy, the stuff that we had available to us at the time in the 90s, we were still able to give him a long career. Um, it was not career ending immediately. It was as he got older. So, um, like I said, we started with the LEDs, which um, I'm not exactly sure on studies on that, on the depth of penetration with LED. I want to say it's less than an inch. I want to say you're working on like a half inch depth of penetration, which is really good if you have nothing else. It's also really good, you know, if you're treating an ankle or something like that where you don't have a lot of muscle tissue to blast through. It's the same thing with I have an infrared sauna right out on our porch right now, and I use it all the time. Love it. Um, but basically what it does is it helps to increase that circulation to that area. And so by increasing that circulation, then you're starting to break down. You're getting better blood flow there. You're going to be able to heal that area faster. So it's a great starting point. Um, one thing you're going to notice about me, you're not going to hear me dog on any sort of equipment. Um, if you follow any of my posts on social media, I post, well, like I made a post the other day because I had found our original magnetic pastern wraps that my dad made for my horse in the 90s. Uh, we could afford the top of every brand of everything, but we either found a way to make the technology the best that we could, or, you know, we found a way to start from the step down and it's, it's like a stair stepper. You, you get one piece of equipment and then you upgrade to the next piece and then you upgrade to the next piece. And yeah, there's always going to be people that can afford to just go buy the best of the best and, and good for them. I, I'm not going to condemn that either, but I'm also not going to condemn that person that's out there in the $90 Snyder's magnetic blanket either, because you know what? They're making an effort to help their horse and that should be applauded just because you can't afford a $500 blanket does not mean anybody has the right to downplay the fact that you have a cheaper blanket on your horse because you've made the effort. 
So I'm going to start this entire conversation with you're listening to this podcast because you're making an effort to take care of your horse better. You're making an effort to learn and you're making an effort to learn from social media. So, you know, I want to take a moment right here and just nip all of the criticism in the bud. Like, you deserve an applaud. You deserve a round of applause for trying to take care of your horse. So pat yourself on the back and congratulate yourself. And now we're going to learn about a little little different therapy. So from the, the pain X that we started out with, you know, we're hauling. Everything's going great. And we meet a couple named David and Karen Cole at probably, I don't know, Karen's probably going to listen to this and correct me. <laughs> I want to say we met them at Topeka, Kansas at the NBHA national show, but I may be wrong on that one. Um, we may have met them at Amarillo and I just don't remember. But anyway, so we meet this couple and they have a therapy called Respond Systems. And here, here's where your true light laser comes in. So, you know, here they have this laser that's supposed to be stronger than what we have. And, you know, they're doing treatments on horses. And so naturally, like everybody else, we're like, yeah, we're going to get a treatment on our horse. Like, let's see what this is. And he goes through and, you know, shows everybody how to go over their horse, shows the sore spots on the horse, goes through and treats. And then, you know, the horses are better afterwards. So we get my horse worked on every day that that we compete and um I, I actually ended up winning Topeka that year and you know um we were like yeah this we, we think maybe this works you know I don't know maybe we just thought it worked maybe my horse was on point anyway um you know maybe it didn't change anything like I, I don't know we're, we're skeptical and, and I always tell everybody it's okay to be skeptical because you can't just jump on every bandwagon you've got to have the proof behind it so we meet this nice couple, you know, and we go on our way. Well, here is, here is the big cinch point that sold us on the equipment. So I've had childhood asthma my entire life. I, I didn't outgrow it. I still have exercise-induced asthma to some degree. Weather plays a big factor in mine. Now that I'm older and I have autoimmune issues, I'm not so sure that that didn't play a factor before I actually knew I had those issues. So we go to Nacogdoches, Texas. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember the most of this trip. I, I got down there and had one of the worst episodes of asthma I've ever had in my entire life. Um, yeah, that this, I should have brought my mom on this episode of the podcast because to be honest, I don't have a lot of details of this trip other than the one thing I remember. And I remember David pulling my dad to the side and he said, you know, he said, I can't tell you this. He said, but he said, I'm telling you if you were to borrow and I'm air quoting as I'm, as I'm telling you this, he says, I'm telling you if you were to borrow this laser and take it to your trailer and you were to run this on her chest and you were to treat these lung acupuncture points that I'm telling you about, he said, I'm telling you that, um, there's a, possibility you will like the results. So, um, I'm sure respond will be real proud that I'm telling this story, but I'll, I'm also the first to say, I don't use anything on a horse without using it on myself. So when I say I use all the equipment on us, um, again, respond may totally frown on me with that, but I got to make sure it's safe for my horse before I'm putting it on me. So anything I represent, I promise you I've used it on myself. 
So anyway, we, we take this laser back to the trailer and it opened my airway enough that I could not only get my inhaler down, but I got to go make my run and it was a good run. Um, again, still the details of the weekend are fuzzy. I, you know, probably, probably in all, all intents and purposes should have went to the emergency room, but we chose not to. And that's what sold us on the laser. Um, and, and I still, to this day, I'm going to tell you what, the cold weather like it is now and my asthma flares up, I'm going to go get my laser. Like I'm not joking around. So we bought a laser from them in 97. And to tell you how much we use it, uh, I'm still using it now. That laser is 20 years old. I've put three batteries in it and we've rewired the head twice because once I dropped it and once it got rolled up in a electric chair, but we're still using the same laser. So now go going back to was the Paynex a bad piece of equipment? No, it was a great starter piece. So what's the difference in the LED versus the true light laser? It's your depth of penetration, which you're going to hear me say that a lot throughout this podcast because that's what separates your products. So the laser that I have is uh, the response system. It's a 2400V, which I'm not even sure if you can still buy anymore. I literally talked to a lady on the phone the other day that still had one and we bought it at the same time pretty much. And so we were like cracking up because we were instantly bonded over buying our lasers at the same time. And the fact that they're still running. Um, so anyway, the the response system laser, it penetrates eight inches. So LED, we're looking at about a half inch of penetration. So now we've stepped up the game. And that really, really helps the horses. I mean, like I said, I still use it to this day. So now we're up to eight inches of penetration, which means okay, we can treat this horse that we know he has spurs on his wither. So, okay, we know we're going to treat that. And now we've got this overreach spot. Um, we also have that, that horse had really, really poor feet and we had to do orthopedic type shoeing his entire career to keep him going. And so, you know, we can treat these foot points and I know by measuring like okay, we're getting all the way to that coffin joint. We're getting all the way to these places that we need. We're treating joints with it. So, you know, we've noticed the difference in price. We've noticed the difference in being able to step up. So we verified, all right, we made a good purchase here. Um, Again, little did I know, 20 years later, I'd be doing a podcast talking about a laser I bought when I was a little kid. Um, the other thing I like about it is they're super easy to use. Uh, anybody can use them. It doesn't, it's not rocket science. They, they come with a book. They tell you the points to use. David has since passed away. Um, it's one of my biggest regrets with opening superior therapy is I wish my grandpa would have been here to see the good that we're doing for these horses. And, I wish David could have been here to see me be able to open the doors on a therapy place like this because I feel like that would have been something that was right up his alley. And he kind of, in, in turn, ended up being a second grandpa to me. I I got to sit and I learned from him and I learned so many therapy things that I still use every day. 
Um, I really doubt he ever thought teaching a seven-year-old kid was going to be something that helped shape the future of the equine therapy industry, but um, it did. Uh, I've had a lot of people that have helped me tremendously over the years. And so, you know, from that, like I said, we, we, I've treated... I've treated everything. I could have an entire podcast simply on what I've treated with that laser itself. And there's there's other companies that have come out with similar products. And a lot of times, uh, uh, they're more expensive. I'm not going to say that they're not great quality products. But a lot of times, that comes at a lot higher price point. And I'm pretty traditional. If it works and you want me to upgrade, you're going to have to prove to me that there's something better out there. Well, so about seven years ago, Respond did prove to me there was something better out there. So I talked to them. I had a horse that was, well, it's the mare that I run now, that had gotten EPM really, really bad as a three-year-old. I had her entered in the slot race at the BFA in December, and here I am May. I've made my last payment. I've scraped all my money together to be able to go run this race, and she's got EPM. And at the time, I didn't know enough about it. Um, I was completely struck, and I'm just like, "What? what is this? Like, is this going to kill her? The only time I've ever seen EPM, these horses sit down like a dog and they don't get up. Well, now, looking back, she has more of sarcocystis fieri, which is more of your muscle atrophy type of EPM. So... Um, she, she was not neurologic. She just literally went from great performance to no performance at all. And so I was running through my options and trying to figure out how to treat. And I ended up calling respond and I said, you know what, what do you have for this? Like, what, what do I do? Well, they had introduced their line of PEMF blankets, actually a few years prior to that. And so you know, they start talking to me about this blanket and they said, you know, we have coils now that penetrate 15 inches. And I'm like, holy smokes, I'm going from eight inches to 15 inches. Like, all right, like, tell me more. And the way PEMF works is there's an electrical current running through a magnetic coil. And so if you're doing the blankets, you have coils on each side. So if each side's penetrating 15 inches, you're darn near going through the whole horse. And so, you know, one of the things that they also talked to me about was they have the coils that go directly over the spine, directly over the shoulders, directly over the hamstrings, over the hips, all these points that now I know are super important for EPM. I didn't know that then. I'm just trying to think like, hey, you know, I got to get rid of the inflammation. I got to get my horse back. Uh, you know, what, what do I do? So I purchased my first blanket from them. And to make a long story short, I spent a lot of hours doing treatments out there. And I, I actually rehabbed a horse prior to that uh, from a stifle surgery using just the laser alone. But one thing I found with the PEMF blankets is, holy smokes, it's a lot easier to treat a horse. Like, I'm throwing this blanket on, I turn the thing on, and I walk away and go clean a stall. Or I go ride another horse. And, you know, the one thing I couldn't afford was the neck wrap. And so I'm thinking, well, my horse is broke. So I figured out a way to turn that blanket around backwards 
used the hamstring coils on the neck and took a bungee cord around the front of her halter and made a brow band where I could treat her neck. And that's one of the things that I try to tell people. Like, just because you can't afford to buy everything at once, I am totally about some redneck ingenuity. Like, I am not above that. I'm figuring out a way to make it work until I can afford what I need. And that was one way I did it. I turned that blanket around backwards. Now, that being said, would I do that on a customer horse in a therapy barn? Probably not. Glad I have the neck wrap. But you know your own horse. You know how sensitive they are. You know whether or not they're going to spook. I knew she'd be fine with it. And I spent several years making that work until I was able to purchase a neck wrap. And, um, you know, just to kind of further talk about how great the equipment is, I'm still using my original blanket. And like I said, it's about seven years old. And, you know, now we've added leg wraps. We've added um, a hoof pad. We've added neck wraps to both blankets. We actually have two blankets now so we can treat more efficiently. We can do more than one horse at the same time. But again, I'm all about starting. You have to have a starting point unless you do have the money to just, hey, I'm going to go buy the whole kit and caboodle. And, and again, for that, I applaud you. If you can, great. If you can't, you figure out a way to make it work. One of the other things that they that totally saved me was they offer a great payment plan because otherwise I don't think I could have afforded to get the blanket. And so anyway, circling back to the horse that was in the slot race, I got to run her. Um, and it was a lot harder rehab than what it is today because now we have a lot more information. I didn't know what I was up against. I was shooting in the dark. One thing I realized with her was you know, she just lost all form of training. Another thing that I noticed was that she couldn't differentiate with different types of terrain. Like I could tell it affected her eyesight because you could lead her across gravel onto grass and she would stop and look at the grass like she didn't know what she was walking on. So I kind of went old school with a lot of my rehab type of things. Like we had a terrace that would always hold water and I rode her through that a lot. I rode her through deep sand, and then I rode her back through regular. And we had um, a bar ditch out in the front of the house. I would side pass up and down that bar ditch, rebuilding that muscle. Uh, we also had like big telephone poles that Grandpa used to help keep stuff from washing away. And I would side pass over those, or I would side pass down them like a trail class, like keeping that pole between the front legs. I also had a big forked tree that I would make her go step over and separate her legs where all four legs had to move independently. So there was a lot of other aspects that went into her getting to run. So that being said, um, as a three-year-old, she didn't go back to the barrel pattern until October. And I think I got to make about five runs on her before we went and ran the slot race. And I'll be honest, we were sucking off of everybody else and didn't make a showing. I think we were 26 out of the 40, but I was proud. I got to go down the alleyway and, and that was the long of the short of that is I didn't give up on her. I used what I had available and that's the mare I'm still running today. I, I didn't blow her up in the process. I gave her as much patience because I'm like, she knows how to turn three barrels, but she obviously doesn't know how to side pass and she has completely forgotten what a lead is. So I had to go back through almost re-breaking my horse in less than a six-month period to be able to try to go down the alleyway. And I feel like that's one of the things that causes these horses to relapse 
is people treat them, their horses feel better, and they're just like, all right, I'm laying in the barrel race next weekend. All right, well, you have to build back that muscle that you've lost. And until you make a stopping point and, like, let's start over and get my horse completely healthy before I enter something, you increase your chance of relapse. And I think of that's a lot of where the misinformation comes from. And, you know, again, that's probably a whole podcast of its own. Like, we're basically just talking about different therapy products here. One of the things that the PEMF does is it provides you a total body experience. So I can take a healthy horse and do PEMF treatments and make him better. Why? Because PEMF increases the oxygen content in the blood by almost 200%. So what's that 200% do? Well, you're getting more blood to all the tissues and the organs. You're getting more blood to anywhere that might need a little more healing. You're also adding more oxygen, so you're going to have better lung function. These horses just function better after these treatments. Now, I'm about to break into kind of breaking down some different types uh, again, like whatever brand you decide to choose to go with, you're again, you're not going to hear me bash on anybody. That's just, that's just not how I, I just believe if you're spending money to help your horse, you care about your horse or you wouldn't be spending the money on it. So it's not my place to say our brand's the only brand or I find favor with this brand. So you're stupid for liking another brand. That, that's not how I roll. I just want your horse better. Um, you know? I want to see videos on Facebook of that comeback story. And sometimes it's a product I'm familiar with. Sometimes it's not. And that's okay either way. As long as the horse is benefiting, that's what we're here for. But I also like to know the why behind products. If a company cannot tell you their depth of penetration, to be honest, they shouldn't even have to tell you. If they can't provide a website that has proof and backing of their depth of penetration and what all their current works on, I would be a little bit suspicious. And I'll be honest, I've checked out some of the other brands and you just go to their website and there's no science backing behind it. There's no blind studies. There's no case studies. It's, hey, here, buy our equipment. It's the best ever. Okay, well, tell me why. Um, you know, tell me, tell me how long it's been on the market for one thing. Because that's the awesome thing about the medical field is everything is always changing. Um, you know, it was hilarious. Like one of the times I went to physical therapy after one of my surgeries, they're trying to tell me, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we, we've got this class four laser and it does this and this and this. And, and they're trying to explain to me. And I'm like, y'all, we've had those in the horse industry for uh, quite some time now, <laughs> actually. But <laughs> thank you. I, I actually don't don't need you to charge my insurance for a laser treatment. I'm going to go home and do my own while I'm watching TV on my time. And that's another reason you will see me lean more towards the PEMF than you do the laser therapy. And so let's let's talk about treatment options a little bit when we come back. And I'm going to take a brief intermission and I'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. So in this section, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we treat and what we use to treat with a little bit on some of our case studies and just, you know, kind of some generalized facts on everything. So, you know, we, we started out by talking about the laser that I have and 
I'll be honest with you. Our laser mostly stays up here at the house unless I have a specific need for it. And I'll have a lot of people ask, they're like, why aren't you doing laser treatments every day? Well, I'm like everybody else. Time is money. And we have several horses in the barn at a time. They're all getting laser treat, or they're all getting PEMF treatments. Um, a lot of times you'll hear us refer to it as a laser because also one thing I've heard, like figured out through or the orthopedic side for people is they don't understand what PEMF is, but they understand cold laser because at some point they've all went to a chiropractor. So you'll, a lot of times you'll hear me use a generalized term of, yeah, we're lasering these horses every day. And typically I'm talking about, we're using the PEMF blankets. Um, so I probably need to be a little more clear with my podcast part. Um, but the laser itself, I'll be honest, we typically keep it up here in the house to use on us. I have so many people, they ask me, how do you bounce back so quick from surgery? How do you, you know, how are you back going so quick? And I'm like, that laser, that's why, um, again, responds probably going to frown on me a little bit if they listen to this podcast, but I'm just honest. I'm a transparent, honest person. And I'm telling you right now, yeah, we're using it all the time on us up here. And it was a very interesting thing. The horse that I talked about that had the stifle surgery. So, you know, all these lasers have different settings on them and your setting is your, your strength, like how hard, how hard it's penetrating into that area. And, you know, obviously I have what I call my quote unquote kitchen sink approach. And I tend to run treatments on the highest setting that I can because in knowing the way Respond has designed their products, there's very little risk of over treating on that. So I'm going to be clear from the get go because there are brands out there that are a lot stronger than Respond. And to be honest, sometimes stronger is not better. Um, and I'll tell you why, because you run that risk of over-treating. So I, I do the keep it simple, stupid thing. And I try not to have anything where I've got about worry about an intern making a mistake, an employee making a mistake, or family member making a mistake. I call them dummy-proof products. And that's how we choose all of our liniments. That's how we choose our products that we use every day. That's how we choose our equipment. Because you're always going to get that person that maybe doesn't read their manual or thinks they know a little more than you do. You know, it doesn't matter. Insert excuse here. And they mess up a horse with something that I've sold them. They're going to immediately come back and go, your product run my horse. Well, no, most of the time it's miseducation and you not being educated is what made the mistake. But you can eliminate all of that by providing a safe product. So circling back to the horse of mine that had stifle surgery, I'm used to running this laser on chronic stuff. So I have it on, you know, setting six, which is your highest setting. And I can remember this phone conversation like it was yesterday my horse nearly kicked my eyeball out of the socket. I mean, it was just, I stuck that laser on him and he, I was so thankful he missed, like he kicked so close to my face that it went through my hair. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, if he'd have made contact, that might would have killed me. And so I'm calling David. I'm like, I don't understand why he doesn't like this laser. Like, I don't understand. Like all my other horses love it. And I said, I can't even get near him. He's trying to kick me in the face. And David's going, 
how strong are you running it on there? Um, like on six? David's like, why don't you back it down? And, it, you know, I'm, I've just graduated high school at this point too. So, you know, I'm, I'm still in that younger kid of like, oh, well, we know everything. Like stronger's better. And so back the laser back down and which the book told me would have told me had I gotten out the book. So again, they're circling back to like, you know, your teenage where, you know, everything type of years. So back the laser down and actually I ended up holding it a little farther away from the incision site until he was comfortable. And then of course, as he started to heal, obviously we were able to turn it back up to where I would normally laser and eventually that horse came back and was the horse that I pro rodeoed on. So he came back from a 75% damaged stifle. Um, Dr. Zubrod from Oak Ridge Equine did the surgery on him and he basically said, he said, I don't know if this horse will run again. And I said, well, we're going to at least try. So I sat on a bucket twice a day, religiously lasering this horse and he was also my first introduction to an underwater treadmill. My mom had done the research and he was the first horse that I ever sent to an underwater treadmill. And one year to the date, post-stifle surgery, he came back, run a 2D run, and then immediately started clocking in the 1D again. And ended up being the horse that, that carried me through what part of the pro rodeo career I got to have at that time in my life. So, um, again, you know, consistency is key with all this stuff. I can guarantee 100% if you buy a piece of equipment and it's sitting in your closet collecting dust, it certainly won't help. Um, that's the only guarantee I can give you is if you don't use it, it, it won't help. <laughs> um, so then it was interesting. The tables got turned a little bit on me. So after that horse had his surgery, I came back myself and had to have a knee surgery and I had um, a huge, uh, well, actually, my ACL had nearly disintegrated by the time I made it in for surgery. I had LCL damage. I had MCL damage. I had cartilage damage. Uh, my knee was wrecked. So they go in, you know, replace the ACL, put a couple screws in my knee. And so I'm home. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get that laser on there. So the first thing I did, <laughs> have it on high again, because, you know, here we are. And stick that laser on and I'm thinking, oh my goodness gracious, I almost can feel the screws in my leg and they are not happy. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, epiphany. This is what that horse felt when, I, when I'm trying to laser him in too strong of a setting. And I'm like, yeah, let me back this down. I'm thinking if I was a horse, I'd kick somebody in the eyeball too. Like seriously, straight up. So we end up backing the settings down and then, you know, just like that happened with my horse, I was able to, as I started to heal and it wasn't such a fresh wound, I was able to, you know, put the settings back to the stronger setting where I'm increasing more blood flow. But it's all a process. Um, that's part of the reason you see me cringe whenever I, I see people and they're they're doing these treatments and they're doing them so strong and these horses are thumping or they're uncomfortable in my opinion, if you have to chase a horse down or your horse is trying to get away from the treatment you're doing, um, there's something not right there. Because most of the time, these treatments are designed to relax that muscle, to relax that tissue. 
you want to heal naturally. I mean, you're not going to fix a surgery site overnight, so there's no reason to treat on that strong of a setting. Get, I would rather have somebody do multiple treatments and get a lot better results than to try to hem a horse up in a corner and force them to do a type of therapy that they are not happy with. Now, there's always exceptions to that. If I walk out there with a tubal warmer, I'm not going to say I'm not going to have to chase my horses all the way to the back corner. And I'm going to be smart and catch them before I bring the wormer out there. <laughs> so, you know, that being said, there's always exceptions to that rule. But when you're looking at alternative therapies, if they are that uncomfortable, I would question the therapist as to why. You know, who, your equipment, at the end of your day, your equipment's only as good as the person running it. So you've got to be able to make a judgment call. So that was a really, really good awakening point for me with with the cold laser is like, holy smokes, like, yeah, no, why my horse was kicking at me. So let me back it back down and then increase it over time. Now with the PMF that we have, the big difference in Respond and a lot of other companies, one, they were kind of on the frontier. Um, I guess I should circle back and say Respond has been manufacturing laser and PMF equipment for over 30 years. So they're, they're usually on the forefront of what's going to be best for the horse. They're also huge in the small animal side. Um, probably, I, I'm not even sure, maybe even more so than the equine side of it. But so circling back to the settings on your PEMF therapy, those blankets come with multi, multiple settings. And you, you know, pull your book out and read it to whatever you're trying to treat you know, there's what they call like a sedative type of setting, which is going to be super, super relaxing. That horse is almost always going to go to sleep. And then you work your way up to what they call a chronic setting, which is their highest setting. They also have a scan setting where it runs through a combination of all of the different settings and kind of just provides like a total body treatment. So, you know, my back to my kitchen sink theory I run most of the horses on the highest setting. Reason being is you're paying me for your time. If you've got a horse in my therapy barn, you're paying for a week, you're paying for 14 days, you're paying for a 30-day stay, 60, 90, you know, whatever, whatever arrangement we have. So I want to do the most therapy I can do for your horse in the time while he's there. So I always start these horses on 60, which is your highest setting, Unless the horse tells me otherwise. If your horse is uncomfortable, I will continue to back down until I find a setting that does work. One thing I notice a lot with horses that have EPM issues and horses that tie up, they're going to tell you they don't like that set 60 setting. I, I'm going to tell you right now, every time consistently, they're not happy. So I back it back down until I find, which is usually the setting that's about half of that. And... Then I see the relaxation start. They start to yawn. They start to lick. They start to chew. Um, another good awakening moment of that was my husband, to be honest, was was pretty much a skeptic whenever we got together, which he was not a horse person. So he's had to learn a lot of the therapy, the injury side of things. And I mean, he's he's learned an incredible amount in a very short time since we've been together. 
And so he got in a tangle with a horse and fractured his hand and wrist in a couple places. And so, you know, of course, it's a farm. Do you get out of work? Nope. (laughs) You go get a brace and we keep on keeping on. So I actually had him using the leg wrap on his arm. And he kept telling me, he's like, this thing is stinging. He's like, I feel it pulsing. And he's like, it doesn't necessarily hurt, but it doesn't necessarily feel good. And he's like, it's just like making my skin crawl. And he's like, I can't stand it. And I was like, what setting do you have it on? He's like, well, on high. I'm like, why don't you back it down since you have fresh fractures and put it on low? So that's exactly what he did. And he's like, is that what those horses are feeling on like your soft tissue tears and things? And I said, probably something similar. And he's like, I can see now why they fuss if the setting is too high. And I said, yeah. And I said, the thing is, it's going to do the same amount of good if you lower the setting. It just may take a little bit longer. It may not be, you know, complete and instant because obviously the higher the setting, the more blood it's going to pump. But you have to start somewhere and there's no reason to sit and be miserable. So he turns it down to low and we all go on about our day. Um, If you look on our Facebook, I'm pretty sure there's still a picture somewhere of Pat giving the thumbs up with his leg wrap over the wrist brace while I'm still making him catch poop on the treadmill. So (laughs) there's that. You you don't get out of work for very many things at Superior Therapy. Um, There's not very many passes because we have too much therapy equipment to treat things. There's no reason to not get up and go to work. So... You know, there, there's just a few case in points, and that's part of the reason that I bring up how this therapy works on us, because I feel like people understand more. If you understand how something works on yourself, you're going to be more empathetic, and you're going to understand better how it works on a horse, or a dog, or family member, or anybody else that you're putting it on. So, you know, like, I, I love these case studies about us. Because you you get these horses in, and I mean, they, when they get those soft tissue tears and things, they can't handle the super strong. It's just, it's overstimulating is what it is. And you're already hurting because you've got an injury. There's no reason to overstimulate. I always am an advocate for, you know, back that down and then start a, a course of action of treatment of, you know, we can't fix this thing overnight but we can slowly build towards a treatment plan that in the long run is going to end up being a lot better for you anyway. So that that's a lot of where my theory comes from on things. And, you know, sometimes the strongest is not always the best. And also, I like ease of use. You, you won't see me... I, I don't want to say I don't promote the cold lasers... Because I do know what they can do. Again, I could have a whole podcast just on what I've seen with the cold laser alone. But here's the reason that you don't see me promote them that much is because people always start off with good intentions. They invest money in it. They start off with great intentions of, oh, I'm going to use this every day or my kid's going to use this every day on this horse or my kid's going to use this on the show steer, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a month goes by and then it's like, Okay, well, it got dark early, or it's kind of cold today, so, like, I'm not going to use it today. Well, we've got cheerleading practice tonight, so I'll use it tomorrow. Like, okay, we'll get up Saturday morning and we'll use it, you know, excuse after excuse. And then that's why you see all these pieces of equipment on Facebook for sale. 
it's because somebody stuck it in a closet and it's been in a closet for two years and they finally ran across it getting Christmas decorations out and they're like, oh my gosh, we haven't used this in two years, let's just sell it. Usually it's not because the equipment's bad. It's because time is money and ease of use. And that is why I am a big advocate for the blankets, the neck wraps, the leg wraps, because you can put that on and you can go do something else. Now, that's, you know, like assuming your horse is not a Houdini and it's not going to eat your very, very expensive piece of equipment. Because if you got one of them and every once in a while, like we've had a few in the barn that grandma's sitting in a lawn chair shaking a poop rake at them every time they try to eat the blanket. So there's always going to be exceptions to that rule too, but usually not so much with your personal horse because you know how your personal horse is. And all those blankets are set on a 30 minute timer. So I throw my blanket, my neck wrap on and be like, I'm going to go up there and check what number they're on. And my horse is standing there and there at the trailer getting a treatment. I mean, how easy is that? You put it on a push a button. Um, you know, if you can't, if you can't make enough time for your horse to do something that is that simple, I would question as to whether or not you really want to have a performance horse and you want to have a high end performance horse because we all know that injuries happen. And if your horse doesn't get injured, if you have one of those once in a lifetime horses, he's still probably going to have arthritis as he gets older. So, you know, if you can't denote that much time to your horse, then maybe the barrel industry or the performing industry isn't the one for you. So that's part of the reason that I'm such a big advocate for the blankets. And, I, and I'm and i constantly driving, you need a blanket, you need a neck wrap, you need a leg wrap. You don't have to start with everything all at once. I've had customers, and, and I've actually made some Facebook pictures on it, where if all you can afford is one leg wrap, you can treat that spine with it. You can treat yourself with it. You can treat it anywhere you can lay it on an animal. So I've had some people that that's what they've started with, usually because their horses started with a leg injury, and they walk that leg wrap down the spine, which now comes back to you have to invest more time into your horse because you don't have a way to keep that on there other than to kind of stand there and hold it yourself. I also have pictures of me treating many horses, doing PEMF treatments on many horses, and what you see in those pictures is me using the neck wrap on them because obviously I don't have a blanket small enough to fit one and they don't make one that small, but you can pretty easily put a neck wrap on one and cover the whole mini. So now you're still doing the same amount of treatment, but just with a different piece of equipment. They also make dog beds. Um, we actually have a dog bed that we disassembled and took the coils out and those are the coils that I use for my demonstration to show people how the equipment works and to let them feel the pulsation, let them feel the different strengths. But they're also great for us driving down the road because I can put one coil on my back and one coil on my legs and, you know, I'm, I'm good for 10-hour drive. So, you know, the, the main thing is to know why you're using the equipment that you use. And, and again, back to studies. You've got to have those studies. You've got to know your depth of penetration. You've got to know your safety features of it. So when you're shopping, don't be afraid to ask an individual. And, and even if you're, you're paying somebody for their service, you know, one of the things I always tell people is I said, uh, I've actually had people ask me, they're like, are you against chiropractic? And I'm like, no, where did that rumor get started? I'm like, I love chiropractic. 
And people say, well, I don't ever see you getting a horse worked on. Well, okay, here's why. I mean, part of it is I'm a massage therapist, so there's a lot of times I'm catching things before they really become a big problem. I mean, that's one of my goals. If I let my own horses fall apart, what good would that be for my credentials for working on yours? Um, but, but also, secondly, I do a lot of stretching. I'm a big believer every time I pull that blanket off, I'm, do, I'm going through a series of stretches, and I, I post a lot of those on our Facebook page, like on our Superior Therapy LLC page. I post some of my favorite stretches, and, you know, to be honest, those are different things that I picked up. I, I didn't invent stretches. I, I'm not even going to try to say I did. I, I had several people that I learned a lot from over the years, um, you know, David Cole being one, Troy Brandenburg being another. I learned a ton about stretching and acupuncture from Randy Lindsay, who is now passed on. Um, well, uh, again, David has too. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that you can you can learn something from everyone. And sometimes that something is, you know, I don't think I would do that that way. But you're still learning. And I I love to watch different people work on horses. I don't think any one person is above anybody else because we all have a little different style. We all have a little different format. And so you've got to figure out what works for your horse and your case because it's all a little bit different. But I also am an advocate of you should take care of your own horse to the best of your ability, staying within your ability. I'm not saying PMF is ever going to be a substitute for veterinary care. I'm not saying it's a substitute for chiropractic care. But what I am saying is I try to stay on top of maintaining my horse. So I'm usually not in a situation where I have to get one adjusted routinely. Um, you know, if I'm constantly having to adjust one, I'm thinking, all right, are my hooves out of balance? Like, do I have a soreness issue? Like, what is going on here that I am constantly having to go to the chiropractor? And a lot of times it's in the muscle because, yes, you've got to have spinal alignment. You've got to have alignment and balance throughout the body. But also with that balance comes your muscle care and taking care of your muscles. Um, again, without your muscles and your tendons and ligaments, a skeleton will just fall apart. Um, it'd be looking like a stack of bones just laying in your yard. So what helps to hold those adjustments is addressing the muscle soreness and addressing the muscle issue. And so that's one of the things that I try to tell people. I'm like, I lean heavily on my PEMF therapy just because I don't have to spend so much of that outside money. I can make injections last longer. I can not have to have as many outside treatments on my horses because I'm putting in the time at home to learn my horse, to learn the knowledge, to learn everything that goes along with maintenancing a performance horse. And I'm able to do a lot of it in my backyard. And my goal is to teach every owner, you can ask anyone that sent a horse to me. You get a, you get a stretching program when you go home. It's just like going to PT. Just because you pick your horse up and you've paid your bill doesn't mean you're free and clear of me. <laughs> Because I'm going to know when you send that horse back whether or not you've done the stretches that I've showed you. Because your horse is going to tell me. You might not, but your horse will. And that's one of the things that I try to tell people. Like, I want you to be able to maintain this program that we've started. I've done the hard work for you. 
Now it's your job to go home and maintain that horse. And sometimes it, sometimes we don't achieve that goal. Sometimes we have to go to a vet. We have to say, hey, we're stumped on this one. Like we get outside people to help or I'll call and say, hey, I need this horse adjusted. Like I need a chiropractor here because I need to adjust this horse. Or um, I'm a big believer. I am not a fan of people that believe they know everything. Um, you know, I always tell everybody, I don't know, but I will find out is an acceptable answer because nobody knows everything. And if they tell you they do, they are so full of crap. And that's part of the thing that I feel like people get lost in the sea of people selling products. And, you know, sometimes there's not a magic cure. Sometimes there's not a magic supplement. There's not a magic pill. There's not a magic piece of therapy. Sometimes it point blank boils down to fitness and conditioning. Um, Like for instance, which this is probably a podcast of its own, we see a lot of horses come in with kissing spine. And yes, there's a genetic component there. Yes, some of them do legitimately need a kissing spine surgery. But there's a lot of the ones that we see that I'm like, your horse isn't fit. He doesn't have any core strength. Like, I don't know how to nicely tell you your horse is not fit. And that's part of the reason his belly is pulling his vertebrae down, creating a sway back effect. Well, anything sway back is going to take away your space between those joints in that vertebrae. Um, You know, think of it for people. You have that person that has the big, big belly on them and you know the beer belly for lack of a better word they're going to naturally always have that reverse c look to their spine because they don't have that core to hold their back up they don't have the core to hold that frame so naturally everything gets pulled forward and if you take an x-ray i promise you they're not going to have the same amount of space between their vertebrae as if they weighed less, had more core strength, and somebody that could stand up and have better posture. And that's not an attack on people that are overweight. Don't take it that way because that is not what I mean at all. Um, all you know, along that same factor, there's a lot of times I get people coming in to me for massage or for acupuncture, and that's the first thing they'll say is, yeah, my doctor's already told me I need to lose X amount of pounds, but I can't because my back hurts to work. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes you have to stop that pain cycle before you feel well enough to exercise. So I am I try very hard to put myself in that horse's shoes or that person's shoes because there's two sides to every story. I mean, it's pretty easy for a physician to sit in a chair and say, well, you're fat, why don't you get up and exercise? Well, okay. Sometimes with that lack of core strength and that obesity comes knee pain and joint pain and, you know, lethargic, feeling lethargic, not having any energy. Sometimes it's not so simple as that, um, which again is kind of a whole, whole nother thing of getting into diet and exercise and how to maintain yourself. But um, circling back to the kissing spine on horses, like sometimes that's that's the long of the short of where it is, is that pain is in the muscle. And so you start to maintain that muscle. You do exercises at home. You add a therapy like PEMF and 
you end up with a whole new horse if you just are willing to put in some time and some elbow grease of your own. Uh, I, I dread to hear people say, oh yeah, I just pulled him up out of the pasture and he won, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, congratulations. Collect your winning check and go home because you got by on luck. Because I promise an unfit horse eventually will break down and have some sort of an injury. I don't wish that on anybody, but I'm telling you that's a bit of common sense. And if you don't have that body conditioned to be a performance animal, you are just a ticking time bomb away from an injury that may or may not be career ending. And we all love our horses. We, we wouldn't play this game if we didn't. And so that's part of why we're here is to try to educate our horse owners how to better take care of their animals. Because we wouldn't do this if it wasn't for love of the horse. All right, back for part three. So kind of got a little trailed off on that. Um, one thing you'll notice that's part of my excitement with the therapy industry and one, one story leads into another story and sometimes I end up in a rabbit hole completely off in left field from where I started. <laughs> so then I kind of got to rein myself in and turn down the wild Mustang heart in me and get back on track. So where, where I was going with the uh, need for your own equipment or need to be able to treat your own horse is one thing I encourage all of my customers to do is I say, you know, add up what you spend in a month as having other people treat your horse. And at the end of the month, add that up. And I almost assure you, you will always have a payment or two or three payments, depending on what's went on towards owning your own equipment. So I'm a big advocate of you know, instead of paying to have three or four or five horses in your trailer worked on, invest in your own equipment to work on your own horses. Because then there's no scheduling conflict. There's no, oh, I needed to get my horse worked on, but nobody would come to my house. Or I don't want to pay somebody to come to my house because of the expense of having them out there. And I, I promise you, you're going to see a lot more results and I hear a lot of the therapists, like I get very discouraged because I hear a lot of other therapists talking and they said, nobody wants to learn anymore. Nobody wants to take care of their own horse. And I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that a lot of times the, the knowledge isn't there or people think they're not smart enough to run equipment or, and, and some of it, that's true. There are, there are some pieces of equipment out there that are very, um, Oh, what do I want to say? That, that definitely need a professional to run them because they're a lot higher frequency. They're a lot higher gauss. They're a lot higher end type of equipment. And yes, that needs a therapist to run it. But for all the times that you're paying those expensive treatments, what more could you be doing if you had a piece of equipment you could use at home? And my third thing that I like about the Respond equipment is the fact that you can't over-treat with it. Um, most of the horses get at least an hour a day of standing in the blanket. Now, if I have a problem I'm really working on, I might do an hour in the morning, an hour of an evening. But the thing I like about it is their equipment is so close to the body's natural frequency 
there's no risk of over-treating. So there's two things we don't do. We don't treat pregnant horses. We don't treat pregnant people because um, we don't need to stimulate anything um, because, you know, <laughs> body's, body's going to tell us when it's time for, for things to happen in that body. And there, there comes a point where we just, we don't treat over that. Um, we also don't treat over anything with an electrical device in it. So this, this is more on your human side, pacemaker, defibrillator, um, spinal stimulator, uh, you know, anything like that. We, we stay away from that unless I have, unless we have a doctor that tells us otherwise. And then their case in point is, um, where, where you would actually invest money to go to a therapist versus treating on your own. So, uh, well, and I'll add a third thing in there. We don't treat directly over fresh wounds. So increasing blood flow, common sense would tell us, Hey, if we don't have a scab over a wound, it's not clotted, it's not um, glued shut, sewed shut, starting to mend on its own. We we don't want to pull any blood flow through there because what do we do? We break it open and it starts bleeding again. Now, that being said, going back to treating like surgery incisions and things like that, a lot of times I will treat above or below the incision because I'm still pulling the blood flow through there, through that area. And I know it's going to hit that target area, but I don't have to go right over the top of it. Um, you know, for instance, I may have a horse that's had a stifle surgery and I choose to not put the stifle wraps on the blanket. I just run the blanket itself because it's too much stimulation to have the stifle wrap directly over that surgery site. But having that bottom coil that sits just below the thigh above it is still going to stimulate that area. Because again, circling back to... What are, what are our depth of penetration? LED is, is looking at less than an inch. Cold laser is looking at 8 inches. And PEMF is looking at 15 inches. So, you know, we, we know we're still treating the area even though we're not right over that spot. So that there's still benefit to it. Furthermore, post-surgery, you're treating right down that spine. You're treating over that spinal cord, which is going to also help decrease inflammation. It's going to help with pain and it's going to help with that sense of overall well-being while strengthening the immune system. And that's something too, like you can do, you can do a lot of research. I, I didn't really go in on this podcast to like, what does PEMF do? But all of these therapies are designed upon the same principle, increasing circulation, decreasing inflammation, decreasing pain and increasing immune system function. So, you know, whatever, whatever therapy, mo most therapies are along that same line of things. We increase all of those factors and we're able to conquer a lot of problems and we're able to rapidly increase your healing ability. Most of the time I see with like our, our soft tissue tears and damage, uh, post-surgery stuff, usually we can cut healing time in half. And a lot of how we do that is being able to do multiple treatments in one day if needed without a fear of over-treating. There are some pieces of equipment out there that are so strong that if, you, if the therapist doesn't exactly know what they're doing, and I promise you they're out there, they, they bought used equipment and 
they read something off a wiki or off the internet and now they're a therapist. Um, and, and I don't mean that that's not a target against anybody. I'm just saying I see it all the time at the races. Um, and you know, there's some, some pieces of equipment that are so strong that if you do over treat with it, you can actually regress tissue growth instead of increasing that tissue growth. And, you know, what do we want with surgery? We want less scar tissue and we want better healing ability, usually in less time, because let's be honest, we're all impatient. Like, hey, we want to go to the barrel race this weekend. And so, you know, a, a lot of it is the amount of time and the amount of effort that goes into the healing process of the horse. And, you know, I'll tell people, I'll be like, well, you know, where's your blanket at? And they're like, oh, well, you know, my horses aren't hurting, so I haven't been doing treatments. And, and that's one thing I can't understand. Why? My goodness, you, you have no problems right now. Your horse is working great. Continue that. Keep putting your blanket on. You don't get to put it up in the closet just because your horse is clocking great. Maybe your continue to use it. Maybe your horse goes from clocking great to breaking records. I mean, who's going to be upset about that? No one. And so... You know, I'm, I'm always here to try to advise people because I try to look at things from a common sense standpoint. And, you know, again, simple things like that. When's the best time to treat your horse? Uh, when there's nothing wrong because he's just going to get better. Do you think NBA athletes don't go through their normal therapy schedule just because they feel great after this one game? No, they're still doing the same types of things. And that's what keeps them feeling great. If you wait until there's a problem, now you've got to make twice the headway to get back to where you were. Where if you're maintenancing along, then you're going to be able to maintain your horse for a long time. So anyway, um, I, I'm always around for questions. I'm always around for advice. Um, you can find us, our website, Superior Therapy LLC. My Facebook is Superior Therapy LLC. And then also we do a group, uh, Superior Therapy Discussion Central. And I try to post all my videos there. Like that's going to be the best place to be if you want to get in on any of our free drawings, our random draws. Make sure you're the first to learn about videos. I, I feel like you can never learn too much. Um, well, actually I was in Oak Ridge today checking on a customer horse that was there and I found myself like trailing down the rabbit hole and asked Dr. Zubrod like 13 questions that had nothing to do with the horse I was there to see. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I have you captured and I'm going to ask all the questions right now because I want to know all the answers. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Most of the time the vets appreciate it. And I mean, I know as a therapist, I appreciate it. I'm never going to look down on you for you saying, why are you doing that way? I'm going to tell you, well, this is my thought process on it. Somebody else might have a different thought process, but this is what I think on the situation. Because how else are you going to learn? And I, I feel like that's one way our industry has changed over the 20-some years that I've been in it, is a lot of times now people come and they're buying these high-end horses because they want to come in and they want to play the game and they want to be relevant. Where I I was fortunate to have nice horses that were very, that were self-made at home and also had a, a couple local uh, cell barn horses that 
I wanted and Grandpa bought, and really the answer should have been no, you didn't need that horse. But those are a lot of how we learned growing up. Well, now people come in and they buy a finished horse, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But not coming up through all of the mistakes and not learning from your own mishaps and your own mistakes, sometimes people don't realize, like their horse just quits working and they're like, we don't know. Like he was clocking and now he's not clocking and we don't know why. We don't know that our saddle doesn't fit. We don't know about balancing of hooves. We don't know any of these things because we weren't taught coming up the ladder. We, we started higher up, and then when the train derailed, now we don't know what to do. And that's, that's where we come in. That's where these therapy facilities come in. They should be able to teach you. They should be able to teach you what to do with your horse once you get your horse home. And I, like I said, as a whole, I feel like most vets are not opposed to asking questions or answering questions that you ask either. Because how else are you going to learn if you don't ask questions? So, you know, I encourage you, re- reach out to the people that you look up to. Ask them their opinions. And, you know, mo- most of the time, like I said, everybody's going to be really, really open to information. So if you have any other questions, um, I-, I hope maybe I've covered some really good content with this. And again, like I said, from the very beginning, Use what you have. Don't feel like you've got to start at the top, but do feel like it's your responsibility to take care of your horse. You you should be able to know whether he's on his A game, whether he's not feeling well, whether he's starting to get sore. And if you don't know, reach out to me and I would love to help teach you what we see to maintain our own horses and what we see to try to maintain customer horses. Let me try to help you along your journey because I promise in the end, your horse is going to thank you for it. So thanks for tuning into this podcast and we've got some really cool guests coming up and I'm kind of excited about that and we're just kind of a growing little community here. So hit us up on Facebook and check out our website. And like I said, don't, don't be afraid to question. If something doesn't make sense to you, Ask that individual why they do what they do. And if they can't provide an answer, then maybe think about learning from somebody different. Anyway, happy trails, y'all, and may the horse be with you.